region and then move down to Westbrook and then over to Mount Ararat. Uh, I tell people it's part of the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> move every few years so they, they can't Good find idea. you. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I had a vision three years ago or so that I, I thought I wanted to be a high school principal. And uh, pretty quickly into my tenure as assistant principal, that uh, that vision was uh, <laughs> squelched. Uh, dissipated. Some, yeah. some flames involved in uh, that? Up in flames. But, you know, uh, I worked with Jeff Benson a lot at Mount Ararat when he was the AD at Oxford Hills. And uh, we, we had a lot of conversations. I, I pretty quickly realized that uh, athletic administration was, uh, was where my passion and where my real skill set was. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Makes a, makes a lot of sense. What... Uh, Okay, Wang, you've 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 been a coach and an AD. Okay, Palmer, you've been a coach. What makes a successful relationship on your on in your point of view? What makes a successful relationship between coach and athletic director? I think communication. I mean, I've had athletic directors where where I wasn't working in the school at the time, and I couldn't get a hold of them, and they wouldn't return my call, and it's just driving me crazy. So that's obviously a lot better now that I am in the school. So right, yeah. Instead of on the phone, it's like knock knock on their door and like hey. But um, yeah, and, and an AD that always has your back too. Obviously, there's a um, there's a fine line there. If you cross it, they can't have your back. <laughs> but um, I work with a lot of good ADs that um, uh, Jeff Tremble right now that will uh, will go to bat for you if he has to. That's awesome. Well, how about you? Yeah, I think the, both those things. I, I I think that you you build that relationship um, that's really important, and it needs to be somebody that can call you in and close the door, and and you can really talk turkey. You know things that you see that that they see I, I was always interested in what's the coach's opinion what, what are you thinking here what what do you, what do you think which direction should we go uh, I always tried to I had an athletic council I always tried to get the coaches together uh, in their off season to talk about what do we do with this happens to be a trend we got kids missing school and then they miss practice so what are all we what are we all gonna do because if if one coach says uh, well, they're going to miss a game, or and the next coach says, "Ah, no problem. I'll run them a little bit after practice." Everybody has a little different feeling about it, and I don't know that you have to have a rule because the rules always get you in a spot where there are some you got to have the basic stuff, but there are some that you got to have some wiggle room because some things things happen, and you you have to adjust to it. Uh, so I, I think that relationship that that Ryan talked about that you can trust them. They're not going to tell you one thing in, with the doors closed and then go out in the public and say, yeah, yeah, that Palmer guy, yeah, I, boy, we should have won more games, you know. As soon as they say that, that relationship is over. So uh, I, I think it's a lot like what you face as an AD, too. You, you, you're well, in those relationships. One of, one of the best lessons I learned early on in my coaching career, Jeff Benson was the AD at Gray New Gloucester, and, uh, you know, I, I uh, made one of my many mistakes early on in my coaching career, and uh, he had an opportunity to really kind of hang me out to dry in front of some parents and, and front, in front of the kid also. And uh, he had my back. And uh, that's one of the things that Benny was so respected for is that he always had his coach's back. Uh, but I can tell you when we went into his office, uh, mano a mano, with the door closed, uh, he pretty much told me what, needed, the road. <laughs> what, what needed to happen. And I think a lot of my learnings and, and how I've tried to, to, to be an athletic director in the past is you know, you, you learn from the best. You learn from the John Whites and the Danny Deshays and the Jeff Bensons, and uh, pretty quickly you figure out you, you got to have your back in, fr in the public, and, and you can't hang a coach out to dry, but uh, you can't be afraid to tell a coach, hey, you messed up, man, and it, and it can't happen again. 
What, um, you know, exciting times, of course, we're seeing it across the river right now. You're getting new turf put down and all sorts of things happening over at Lewiston. We're not far away from having that exact same scenario happening uh, for Edward Little. We've got a new school site picked out. Looks like there's going to be some, some upgrades to things and uh, new athletic facilities, things of that nature. What are some of the challenges in that right now? Because that's going to be, that's going to be coming around the pike and, and maybe something you're dealing with uh, on your watch for the next few years. Yeah, it's Maddie. It certainly is exciting in, in Auburn right now. Uh, once again, lessons learned as you go through your career and you see other schools. I was at Mount Ararat, you know, two years ago, and they're in the very same situation uh, we're going to be in. They're building their brand new school on their primary athletic field. Uh, advantage, disadvantage here in Auburn is we really don't have a primary athletic complex. So for us to start a new building complex and a, a building it really is only going to displace a few teams. Football is going to go on as normal at Walton for the next three, four, five years. Same with field hockey at Short Heights and baseball, softball at Auburn Suburban. So um, there's certainly going to be some challenges, but I think it's an exciting time as we start looking forward to uh, what a new facility can do for, for our kids in this community. It, uh, it's really exciting, especially coming off of such a, such a successful year this year. By the way, it's not like Benson left like with, with the programs all in a tatter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he just he didn't leave any. I mean, there's quite a bit of pressure for you to live up to. I mean, the, uh, the, yeah. I mean, back. I mean, you, how, how do you top like the girls and boys basketball teams winning state championships? Well, last I, year, I've already had know? those conversations with Mike Adams and Chris Shafeli, and I said, I think the only way I can top it is maybe our unified basketball team who, who <laughs> made go. it to the regional well, I, yeah, final. Yeah, I know. They made it to the regional. Yeah. They complete so, the triple threat. So I, I think i got to get Coach DeRoseby and Coach Whiting on board to say, hey, we got to go for the trifecta next year. I, I like that. I think we'll really get them going. Maybe, maybe sneak in a football title or something. Yeah, you know, just, just put that up at the top. But, uh, no, that's a, that was a really – it was a heck of a year uh, last year. Talk a little bit about uh, about Benson. Uh, about Benson. He's um, – I got to know him quite a bit, of course, when he was the athletic director over at Oxford Hills, and he was over at Edward Little for the last couple of years. But, you know, more and more, you see guys um, that have been doing this for a very long time, and they're starting to retire. Yeah. And you're noticing that the guys that some of the guys come in are great, and sometimes, you know, there's not as many people to pick from. Talk a little bit about, uh, about Jeff Benson and, and kind of what he means to the, to the athletic community here in Maine. Boy, I, I'll try to do it without getting emotional because... Jeff is, is more like a, a second dad to me. I, I mentioned uh, he hired me to coach uh, varsity basketball at Grey New Gloucester back in the late 90s. Uh, I had an opportunity to coach his older son, Josh, uh, in middle school soccer years ago. And Jeff and Jody Benson, uh, what they mean to the Auburn community is, is immense. They, they've given volunteer hours to, to the Benson field out at the Auburn Suburban Complex. Um, when when you ask Jeff Benson for a favor, he, he wants to do it right then. He, he's a doer. He's, he loves Auburn. He loves the Auburn kids. Um, he, he is going to be uh, very difficult to, to replace, uh, but I don't think he's going away. I think he's still going to be in our community, and I think he still wants to be involved with this new building project. And He's got you know, 30-plus years of knowledge and experience with high school athletics. I think we need to use those people and and uh, and and just have them be part of the the process. See, and I I was saying I I go back with Jeff. His Josh and my Josh played hockey together. Yeah. And his his Jeff and I neither one of us ever played hockey in our life. 
coaching teams for a long time because our kids played for a long time, but he put the same kind of effort into it. Yes. You knew he was going to try to be as good as he could as a, as a young hockey coach, and he did. He was terrific. I, I tell Jeff all the time, I joke with him a little bit, uh, everything he does, he's good at. Uh, you know, people at Lisbon tell me he was a great special ed teacher. Uh, he was a tremendous baseball coach at Lisbon for years, now at Bates College. Uh, AD, basketball coach, he's, he's refereed some of the biggest state championship games, umpired, he's always doing regional. Everything he's done, he's been great at, and uh, just a tremendous man. <laughs> it's funny, I was, uh, I was just thinking about that. I mean, my favorite thing to talk about with Benson was always the Yankees. That was always oh, the man. thing, Come you know. On. Like we, yeah, were, we, we might as well get Haley in here <laughs> well, too. It's, it's oh, yeah, oh, here we right go. Here, here we go. go. Here yeah. comes Wang. Oh yeah, big, everybody's a Yankees fan when they come in here. Have you it's, seen the standings? Yeah, I have. Oh, it's yeah. um, I, I've also noticed it's July. So he, he reminds late, me late July. He reminds me of 1978. We I, well, like you know, everything games. that I've heard the last yeah, everything I've heard of the last couple weeks has been like this is their best record at this point since 1978, and this is their best record at this point. Since 1949, and I'm like, yep, those are a couple of years of colossal Red Sox collapses in the second half. So I'm trying to stay patient. Now, deep down, I'm seething because I actually I saw a meme today. I actually retweeted it. And you know that movie, How to Lose a Guy in, in 10 Days? There was a uh, there was a thing where they actually uh, it took out Matthew McConaughey and put an Aaron Boone. Okay? And it said, How to Lose the AL East in 18 Days. And it was a really good, like, Photoshop. Like, it was really well done. And I'm like, man, I mean, you could have really just lost the, AF, the, the AL East I, I think in, the shines in off, uh, freaking Aaron, July. From like, viewpoint. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know, though, because I've seen Cora make some of the same decisions, and it just works. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times with managers, it's just you gamble and lose. Like, I'll give you an example. Saturday night, you hit and run with Judge on first with one out. Well, swing and a miss by... Uh, by uh, um, whoever was up, I think it was. Uh, I think he, I can't remember who's batting third, but uh, Judge gets thrown out at second, and then leading off the ninth, Stanton cranks one into right field for a home run. Would have been a little easier if the home run had a guy on, but then you know you go into extra innings and you don't win it in extra innings because they never win in extra innings on the road. So it's kind of like. Eh. I'm looking at the Yankees like I do the Celtics right now. Like, I want them to make all these moves and do all these things and become this giant super team. But then I realize that they could easily screw this up. So just stay the course because at the end of this year, Boston's bullpen, which is already perilously thin, is going to get thinner because Craig Kimbrell's either going to be back or won't be back. But Joe Kelly either will or won't be back. So it'll be one of those two. Either Joe Kelly's your closer next year or Craig Kimbrell is your closer next year. Possibly you lose both. Joe Kelly needs to fight somebody again because uh, he he's in a slump right now. I think that. you need to, to probably fight. have him fight somebody. I would say. I think I would schedule it. I'd probably schedule it more than when Brock Lesnar scheduled to defend his title. I'd probably say once every couple of months or so. Yeah. Just Hit somebody. Just yeah. come in, you know, crank somebody, get him mad. You know, I think that's the way to go. Because honestly, but the thing is that, like, ru to me, that ruined Tyler Austin's season. He was, like, starting to come around. Where is he's, he now? He's down, down in Scranton, <laughs> where he belongs, exactly where he should be. Like, of all the guys to hit, like, and all the guys to stand up and charge around, you're like, oh, we're going to go with Tyler Austin. Okay. That's but he charged, at least he's going to be known for something. It felt like it would have been a little more impactful if that was Judge or Stanton. I don't know. I still think there's plenty of games between those two teams this year. Oh, God. 
And I feel like some shenanigans could still be shenanigans. Well, you know, the thing with the Red Sox is they are very loose. Everyone's getting along, which when you have a record like that, that's going to happen. But Alex Cora hasn't faced any adversity yet. And None. How, how is he going to handle it? And how's the team going to handle it when that happens? The adversity that they have had right now has been bestowed upon them by the media. And then the media at, ends up having to change it. Like, you know how last week the Red Sox are boring? Well, now this week on the media is talking about how the how the stands and the fans are seem more incited and engaged since, um, I don't know, at this point this year since they were in like 2013. Gee, you mean to tell me that now that all the other sports are kind of done and the Patriots don't really have anything going on right now, they're focusing on the Red Sox and realizing how good they are and what a historic pace this is. And when they're watching it with their own eyes, they're like, wow, I'm watching a walk-off Grand Slam. That seems kind of exciting to me, you know? Yeah, baseball's so boring except for that walk-off Grand Slam on Saturday. I, I think, though, the Red Sox fans' problem is they're, they've seen first-place finish two years in a row and then, bing, quick exit in the mm-hmm. playoffs. People waiting to see, quite frankly... Wait and see. Let's see how they do when it's crunch time. And that's unfortunate because, like you say, they're missing a hell of a good year. Hey, Todd, I want to ask you, you know, you said you thought you wanted to be a principal, so you went to be assistant principal. And now back where you're going to feel more comfortable, your feeling is. So tell us the difference. What what brought you to that conclusion? Well, I think in any career that you you pursue whether it's education or private business you're always kind of looking of you know how can i expand myself how can i do something a little bit bigger a little bit better and so that that's where i really kind of pursued that that principal role and uh, i think one of the you know maddie mentioned it earlier you know some of these older ad's are retiring and i i think part of the reason we're seeing that is the disadvantage in the athletic director world is is the hours uh you know you get an 8.30 ice time and you're out of there at 11.30 and the school bell's going to ring again tomorrow morning at 7.30. Uh, you know, a Friday night football game and then you got to turn around and do a field hockey game Saturday morning. I, I think the hours are what get to people. Uh, but, but I think that the difference in the job are that, uh, you know, educational-based athletics, you, you give an opportunity um, for, for kids to come in as freshmen and you see them develop not only physically you see uh, a young five foot two uh, skinny little kid now as a senior uh, Grant Hartley who's who's uh, more of a man than all of us <laughs> in this room uh, you see that develop but you also see his character and 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 their character develop um, it, you know and I think the struggles with the assistant principal job so many times it's it's associated with discipline yeah. and, and student management where you, you maybe not see some of those gains and some of those positive things. There, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of positives. Uh, my, my job, I, I think, I feel like I helped a lot of kids as an assistant principal, but I just think, you know, that athletic piece and, and seeing kids, uh, we talked about Alex Cora not facing adversity yet. I, you see those kids on the athletic field face adversity, and, and what are you gonna do about it? And you, you can go either way. And I think it just helps build that character of our kiddos. You know, one of the things, it wasn't my idea. They've been doing it before I went to Levitt as principal. They took all the administrators, myself, two assistant principals, Mike Poulin being one of them, and uh, the athletic director. And the guidance counselor actually was under administrative contract. So they took all of us, put us all together, and then Doug would come in in the wintertime, not so much in the other seasons, but in the wintertime and say, all right, here are all the events that are happening all winter. So 
Doug would always be responsible for the 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 tickets, the the money, the, all that sure. stuff. Sure. And half the time he would go to the game, but he wasn't necessarily the person in charge. Now I always know when I was a principal and I went to a game, it's your responsibility. You may have an AD. I, I'm an ice hockey guy, so they said, okay, we need somebody to do ice hockey games. I said, I'll sign up for all of them. My God, they were hugging me, kissing me, and everything else. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I liked it, and I was there. Doug didn't have to be there. No, he came and watched them like he should, you know, but he didn't have to be right there the whole time and 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 whatever. And you know well, that made. A tremendous difference, and you know what it did? It got all of us involved in all of our kids because, just like you say, the assistant principal, I've been that too. You don't, the, the kids that you see, you don't see the whole student body. You Positives. see a, you see 15%, right? And, and you don't see enough of those other kids enough times, and that made everybody see all the kids. I think it's a it's a win-win for for both sure. sides of the fence. You know, your your assistant principals, like you said, get to see the kids in a little bit uh, of a different light. But uh, other schools I've I've worked at is, you know, if you can create that team mentality amongst your administrators, you know, Scott Anier is an old uh, baseball guy, coached a lot of a lot of baseball with Bruce Lucas at EL and um, had his own success. Now as our principal, I think he sees, you know, all right. Todd, if we're going to come help uh, do some, some night games and cover some things for you, hey, can, can you take the load off and cover a couple lunch duties or a bus duty or something like that for the assistant sure. principals? And, and I think when you have that you know, servant mentality of, I'm just going to help, it's for the kids, and, and everybody is, is better because of it. Todd, we talked about, uh, Maddie was saying, so many teams now, as you know, in the, in the Pine Tree Conference have and the Class A North have, except for Shepherds, they all play Friday nights. Yes. What what's, uh, what, what do you see the, the pluses and minuses for playing Saturday night now that we don't have to worry about the films? We, we already have them. Right. Well, I, I think the, the big negative that comes to mind right away playing on a Saturday night is what do you do if, if you get a torrential rainfall, bad weather, Good point. Uh, whatever it is, because you know as a football guy, that's going to set your next week back. Your next week prep, you're already a day behind. And, and you guys already know how great Thursday night football in the NFL is, right? You know, with, with no days to prepare. You know what? It's been a long time since I've seen a Monday night football game here in the state of Maine, but I know there have been some before. So, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think a couple of those falls when we got a hurricane come in late or something, we might have moved to a Monday night. But uh, I, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist. Uh, I I think there's something special about Friday night football under the lights. Uh, you know, there's a reason that you know all of your news stations have Friday night under the lights, and we, we don't do it so much anymore. But I, early on as an AD, everybody would rush home so you could see the highlights. Now everybody's got Twitter and all these different venues to to see the highlights. But I, I think there's something special in a community when you play Friday night football. Uh, gosh, I don't know if you you saw the crowd at Bates College last uh, last October when Lewiston and Bates mm -hmm. uh, Lewiston and, and, and El played. That place was packed. Great community atmosphere for both Lewiston and Auburn. Um, so I think there's some advantages, but I wouldn't be opposed to a Saturday night uh, to be the only show on town is is pretty special too. I, th I think that would be kind of a cool thing. You do a you do a Lewiston El. I remember Lewiston El used to meet on Saturday afternoon. Correct. So that was. I don't know. I, 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 and I, I don't know how that whole thing goes. But to me, especially when you're going to have two fantastic facilities, the Saturday afternoon matinee, two big, 
YouTube yeah. conferences when when everybody's on Friday night because I see um, we were talking about this last week and re really the reason I talked about it was you know there's less and less media people in Maine and there's less and less people doing officiating and there's yeah. less and less people you know uh, available for that so if you have any official shortages on Friday Crap, sometimes you know what I mean the more teams we move to Friday the less coverage all these teams get and then possibly you know uh, we shrink the official pool down a little bit more and water it down a little bit so yeah. that's I know that's, that's my the, uh, first thing. Some of the schools in Southern Maine, Marshwood, Sanford, have they've actually gone to a six o'clock kickoff, so that they can assure that the uh, six, eight, and thirteen are all going to get there and, and mm -hmm. cover their games. That, and that's you know what that's a good, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea at all because you start that thing at six. One, everybody's home before it's dark out, typically. You yes. know what I mean, or before at least it's it's ridiculously dark out. And you still get the good atmosphere. Yeah, you and you oh, you st of course you do. And you know what? You also don't have to. That hour between five and six sometimes is like the longest hour. You know what <laughs> I mean? I can mean? tell you the players hate it. Yeah. School's been out. What are you yes. going to do? Right. I mean, we, we, we went through that debate when my son was at Levitt. My daughter, my wife said, I, I think he should ride home on the bus because he didn't have a car there when he's a freshman. And uh, and then we'll take him back. I said, no, they, they hang around, throw the ball around, go down to the corner store, get something to eat. Yeah. It's a whole team thing. They are, Not everybody hangs around, but a lot of them do. But you're right. If you started an hour earlier, that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. I would. I would be. I would be all in favor of that. I would be all in. All in favor because that would allow me to get home in time to catch the end of the Yankees games on Friday nights oh, wow. during during oh, the football then by season. By all means, let's, <laughs> let's book it. I'm totally yeah. in on that. Let's I'm totally. I like that. I like that idea. Todd Sampson's the athletic director at Edward Little. Ryan Palmer's the Darigo baseball coach. We, well, we're Maddie and Wing. It's the B List Daily. We'll take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to the B-List Daily on Sports Time Maine. Hold on. Let's, let's, the music's even going. It's the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare that's Partner a, Studios. That's how Crush. we know we're on. The music. That's how we know. Yeah. And I changed the music once and Wings just couldn't I, get into it. I always it. said, I went like, what? 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 Yeah. He was so confused. It was just, it was. It took me a week to recover. Yeah. And yeah, it was really, the, the fallout was too much. Uh, B-List Daily, Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network. Hanging out with Wing today. Edward Little, athletic director Todd Sampson is in the studio, along with Derrick baseball coach Ryan Palmer. And broadcaster. And broadcaster. Oh, yeah. He's, he's everything. He's all of it. He's, uh, he's the man about town. Uh, of course, three out of the four of us will be headed up to the Lobster Bowl tomorrow. Me, Ryan, and Wing head up to Lobster Bowl Media Day up at Foxcroft Academy. Thought I was driving, but Wing won't allow it. No, so. no Wing, Wing has to drive. So <laughs> we might I'm, not be having the show. I'm probably that. gonna like. We'll probably have to paper rock scissors for the back seat. I might take the back seat just so I I'll can nap. It. Yeah, I, I might I take care. it just so I can nap. I don't really care. Like, Except my back seats don't fold down at all. They don't. Well, that's fine. I'll does. just I'll just lay across. I'll oh. do what I did when I was a kid. I'll put that waist belt around me, and I'm like, okay, I'm seat belted, and I'll yeah. just take a nap. Right? I mean, that's the that's the way to go. Now, before we were coming in on break here, Wing asked uh, uh, Mr. Sampson a question. I wanted to, to re uh, talk about it, and I'll let you reword it. Well, you know, schools uh, adjust where they participate, what conference they're in, and whatever, according to enrollments, uh, opportunity to have good competition, travel. There's all kinds of different reasons. And several years ago, uh, Edward Odo and Lewiston moved to the KVAC. I mean, they were in Eastern Maine for the tournament, Eastern Maine at the time, North yep. now, for the tournament purposes, and they felt, well, then we might as well be there all of the time. 
Uh, what do you think? Has that been a, a good move from your perspective? Well, I I think uh, there were a lot of circumstances involved with with that move. You know, having been in the AD world when that that took place, you know, there were a lot of moving moving parts, moving pieces, and you know, as the demographics of the state of Maine, that population shift continues to go further and further and further south. I think that north-south line is somewhere below South Portland right now. Probably. Uh, as you look at some of those MPA uh, classifications. Uh, I, I think there, it, there's advantages, disadvantages to both. I, the, the SMAA obviously uh, for years was that, that Class A conference, that Greater Portland Conference, the Telegram League Baseball, uh, really rich in history and tradition. Uh, but it, if I look at it now as a sense of, you know, the, the league, the Kennebec Valley, uh, tremendous athletic directors, uh, great schools to compete against. And I mentioned a little bit earlier, when you, when you start talking about educational athletics and doing what's best for kids and sportsmanship, uh, I, I think the KVAC this spring, uh, I'll get the number wrong, but I'm, I'm fairly certain we won you know, a half dozen sportsmanship banners. It, it, you, you've got a, a group of schools that really care about extracurriculars and know the importance. Uh, and, and I think Edward Little has transitioned very, very nicely. You know, truth be told, I think uh, Jimmy Miller as principal really did the MPA a favor. You know, I think Gus LeBlanc and Jimmy were principals at EL and Lewiston, and I think the MPA came to them and said, hey, we need your help. I think we, you know, we need some help to, to give Bangor some competitions, the Brunswicks. Uh, at that time, Coney was still a, a big time A school. So I, I think it was the right decision that uh, that was made, what, uh, probably eight years ago now? Something like that. I, I think it was actually eight out of 14, the KVAC uh, won in Sports Region. I told uh, Maddie the story. I was president of the KVAC when Oxford Hills, Rumford at the time, uh, Brunswick, and who was the fourth one? They had been in the Sandy Andy and they wanted to come in. So it was a big brouhaha about whether it's going to work and whatever. And this is the honest to God truth. You know how good Oxford Hills has been in basketball for a long time, since Grafham went there. They were so bad that we had to have a special rule that every Class A basketball school, boys basketball, had to play, had to be provided and play 12 league games because nobody wanted to play Oxford Hills. <laughs> they, they wouldn't have been able to get a schedule. They would have said, oh, we, we don't really want to play them. So we made a rule <laughs> so that they could get games. And it, it did allow, oh, Morse was the other one. Morse, Morse. got a chance to continue with a, their relationship with South Portland. And, you know, they've been, been big basketball schools. So it allowed a little bit of both. But I, I kidded Grafman about it. I said, you guys were so bad when you, just before he came there. So, yeah, leagues have to do what they have to do. And schools have to take care of themselves, but also look out for others. You know, is it convenient for... Bangor Boo to be in the KVAC, like in baseball, you have to go there in the middle of the week. Not really, but it's where we are now. We don't have much choice. And, and you've seen Bangor's success in baseball. They've been able to hold their own oh for my God. four or five years now. Jeez. So uh, I think Dave Jordan, our baseball coach, uh, looks forward to those opportunities. Sure. He, he loves being in good competitive baseball games. And, you know, it is, it is challenging on our kids to have to leave school at noontime to get up there. But I, I think, uh, you know, it, it benefits Bangor, and it certainly makes our baseball team stronger to play some of the best competition. You know what I always said about that, though? My experience has been, yeah, those kids have to leave, but you know what? Those are the kids that get come back and get the makeup work done and 
get the work in because they have to be eligible. Yeah, and absolutely. And they are held to a standard. Yeah. And so leaving school, you don't like it. I mean, I tried for a while to leave as late as we possibly can. I know there was a time when Gardner wouldn't let anybody out. Gus Blank at Levitt, when he was at Levitt, Levitt. wouldn't let anybody out yeah. early. And, uh, you know, they would get there for a baseball game, do a little soft toss into the screen and play. <laughs> no infield or anything, just let's play. I mean, that that's tough. But... Again, we, we do what we have to do when you when you're in a conference. Going from Scowhegan to Oxford Hills, you got to shave before you get there. So <laughs> this disadvantage. That's not the quickest drive for some reason. Well, you got two choices. Oxford go, Hills to Bangor is, is usually a jaunt yeah, too. Just a quick little, yeah. quick little skip. Could you know, lose, you could lose somebody on the way. Right? There. Yeah, you really. <laughs> you or really you could, could go seriously. You go to Lewiston mm-hmm. and up that way to go right. to Oxford Hills from from Scowhegan, or yeah. you go across Drakeford Mountain. And you got to go to J. You got to go that way. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's there's no easy that's way. Easy. Yeah, it's it, oh yeah, it's, and then you've got to take a right and then a left, and the left you have to take is really shouldn't be a left that you'd be taking there. So yeah. And we've had a bus yeah. drivers coming back from a night game at Oxford Hills, miss a couple of those turns and be on some road going. Where the hell are we? <laughs> it's it's twelve thirty at night and we have no idea. And turn around a bus. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, let me know how that goes. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, look, I'm in Rumford. Wow, look at that. Could you turn your outside lights on so we could back our bus up in your yard? See, it would have been been so much easier if Rumford could have just stayed a Class A school. You know what I mean? (laughs) Rumford, everybody knows how to get from Rumford to Oxford Hills. You know, maybe we can bump up Telstar and get them. We'll just make it regionally. You know, if if you're not within an if you're within an hour, like you're fine. A blind person can know when they're going through Rumford with the smell of the milk. Oh, yeah. Well, no, because you could be confused. It could be that or Jay. Uh, Rumford's worse. Yeah, well, I know it's worse, but there are days where it's like, hmm, the which hard one? Part when you played Rumford, though, is you got to go in the wrong direction to go to McDonald's. I mean, let's face it, the kids want to go to McDonald's. You really time. have to go out you of your go way. In the wrong there is a, a lot right next to the station. Yeah. That there's been rumors flying about a fast well, for food years, place well, going for there, years, which uh, makes all the sense in the it world. It was owned by KFC Taco Bell. I've always <laughs> said that if they and they ended up, they're actually, I think they just sold it or are selling it. But yeah, the the lot next to the station up there, absolutely, that's where I would put the McDonald's slash Burger King because I think that would be, you know, people leave leave Wally World and they want to take a right, you know, they can get their food. I mean, if not, if you want that, you've got to go up to like. Back in the old days when you were going to Zares in Ames, oh, you know, boy. Oh, boy. it was right really... along that way, you know? <laughs> not sure. I'm, now, not did you... sure. I'm not sure Palmer was alive for those oh, things. Oh, I was. Palmer, you <laughs> were was. able to, did you watch movies in the movie theater next to Zares? Rocky 1. Rocky 1? Okay. Yep. There we go. Empire Strikes Back and Return yep. of the Jedi. Also E.T., I remember, in those movie theaters. There was two that theaters mo- in that place. There were two theaters, and you walked in, and it was the darkest, uh, like, lobby in the history of time, and the popcorn was on the right. The bathroom was right around the corner, and then you oh, could go to one and two the other way. Yep. And then you'd go to Shop and Save right down the road, right, right in next the way, same yeah. thing. Yeah. And then I'd get my wrestling magazines and my sports, my who's who in baseball magazines that I had to get every year. I'd get those at Brooks because that was right next door. Decor you home know, video. Decor home <laughs> videos where I rented all the wrestling videos, and I also had to rent a VCR because we were too poor to buy one at the time. Yeah, it was great. It's good. <laughs> we'd rent the VCR and the tapes, we'd watch them, and then we'd bring them home. Yeah, Abbott Farms Plaza is not where it used so, to be. Abbott Farms Plaza, not where it's at currently. So, Todd, now. coaching openings uh, at the school at this time? Do you have any? Yeah, so uh, one of my first tasks when I came on board was to uh, find a cross-country coach. Uh, unfortunately, the, those kiddos have had three different coaches in three oh, years, wow. which has been tough. But uh, uh, kind of stumbled upon Keith Weatherby. 
who's a long-time AD. You made it sound like you found a VCR in the garage. You're like, I was down in the basement, and all of a sudden I tripped over something, and I'll be damned. There was Keith Weatherby, you know? Keith, we said he was there when they started CrossCut. They did. And, you know, when we started having the conversation, I said, well, tell me a little bit about your coaching past and who you've worked with. And he goes, well, I... A trained an Olympic gold win, uh, gold medal winner in Joan Benoit Samuelson. I said, Intervi- interview's okay, over, interview's <laughs> over. <laughs> job's yours. Uh, but so I had to fill the cross country position, which, uh, like I said, Keith kind of fell into our lap. He's still uh, still teaching here at St. Dom's here in the area, and, and he's moved to Auburn. Him and his wife bought a place in Auburn, so uh, he, he's already been scouring the sub, sub five website to figure out which eighth graders coming up are going to have the best time, and uh, he's got them out running out on Spring Road in Auburn, so. That's uh, that's taken care of. But as I left the a- the AP position, we had uh, two openings at, at Edward Little, and and we were fortunate enough that Craig Latusha, our girls varsity soccer coach, who's had tremendous success getting him to the Eastern Maine finals a couple times, into the state final. He beat Mount Ararat that year. I I'll, uh, I keep letting him re- remind him of that. But so got to find a girls soccer coach and. We plan to do those interviews on Wednesday and hopefully have somebody in place uh, by the end of the week to at least start a little bit of a summer. The kids are still doing summer soccer, but nice for the coach to kind of meet right. those girls sure. uh, before they start August 13th. Now, do you have a specific process? Are there other people involved? You do it yourself? Uh, what's your process for that? So I, I think, you know, anytime in an athletic department, Ryan can probably speak to this, is sometimes it's uh, you and the AD get together for a cup of coffee and, and talk, and sometimes it's a little more formal. What, what I like to do is I try not to make any decision in a vacuum. I try to get some other people's input. Uh, kind of my go-to strategy is to uh, have a, a faculty member and, and another varsity coach on board. And then if it, it allows, uh, because this is, it is about the kids, I do try to find uh, a student athlete in that program that, that can give us some insight and, and have some input. You know, and certainly at the end of the day, it's, it's up to my building principal. Who we who we put in those spots, but those are the committees we form and 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 try to make a good decision for the kiddos. Edward Little Athletic Director Todd Sampson in, Diego Baseball Coach and uh, also our Rumford Sports Broadcaster or Mountain Valley Sports Broadcaster Ryan Palmer in the studio as well here today oh, on oh. the Beelis Daily Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. A reminder tomorrow be up uh, at Lobsterville Media Day up at Foxcroft Academy. We haven't discussed when we're leaving yet. We'll do we're that later. We're going to do an on-air production thing because we're going to have to get there with some time and figure out how this whole thing's going to work. Because I got to bring that thing in, like you know, looking at you, camera. It's a new little camera here that we. Yeah. Right. We we went out to Ryan. We went out to seven on seven. I watched it. And, yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, we hadn't, he hadn't worked on anything. He just tried it out. Yeah, there was no, like, announcing. I mean, to me, like, if you slap a radio broadcast for that, and, you know, you're going to be close enough. So I'll have to go up to Hosmer and see how it works up there. See what the distance looks like. I think you're about as... I got the key. I can get you in. I feel like you know some people. <laughs> so I feel like it's confident we can get that done. I am the vice chairman of that board. Well, it's, fu- well, it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, uh, when I got to the game the other night, the press box is closed. And I'm like, hey... I like to get up there. So finally, somebody's like, "Oh, hey, Maddie, you want to get for maybe? I'd like to." <laughs> yeah, and then it was like the first set of ladybugs, like that that you know mm-hmm. that sacrificed their lives to give everyone good luck. We're all living. I think all of them are in Levitt, by the way. I think if you're looking for ladybugs, they all die in Levitt. Like that's like the ladybug graveyard. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. 
Not all of them. I have a 200-year-old farmhouse. There are quite a few. You get a few of those in there, too? Yeah, that's great. That's nice. It's nothing nothing better than that. So, Todd, you're living right here in the area now, so good um, commute, good everything? I am am an Auburn guy through and through. I I grew up in Danville Junction and Ah. went to to EL and um, graduated in 89. And other than uh, a few years uh, away when I was the AD at Lake Region, um, you know, my wife is a is a red eddy so we're back we got three kids in the auburn school system so we're uh we're todd, entrenched in the community todd who were the coaches when you were in high school who the different sports uh I, I some some legends coach coach haley was the football coach oh my uh let's not throw that let's not let's slow down that legend thing when we're talking <laughs> about haley let's slow that down uh so coach haley was there uh carl hendrickson was the basketball coach uh when i was when i was at el and Bruce Lucas and Mike Coots uh, were, were coaching baseball. Actually, Mike Coots was my uh, ninth grade basketball coach. Just uh, some good people there. Wow. I think, I think Dick Osgood was still coaching skiing. Really? Uh, wow. Back then. And then, uh, you know, Dave Morin, longtime uh, soccer coach. And then Mark Gauss started the girls program. So, you know, I, as you start to look back at some of those names, you see all the different things they've done in education. It was a, it was a special time at Yale. It's a, it's a conversation Haley and I, he more than I, have had a lot lately is who are those next guys that are the same names that you're naming off? You know, there's so many yeah. people who want to come in and coach the game. They don't want to go to the 7th and 8th grade or the 6th grade and, see, you know, yeah. all those kinds of things. And, or they want to coach the kid. Yeah. You know, they're, they, they're not a teacher. They come in to coach just their son or daughter. Uh, anyway, that's a worry that uh, doesn't mean they're not there, but we always worry about where are they. Same with officials. Maddie's more worried about the officials. I'm worried about the officials because, you know, I want to, one, get quality people in to do the officiating, and then, two, have enough of them to yeah. do said officiating. So that's that's, so, that's always how that goes. So one of the things, just to try to keep my sanity those few years that I was an assistant <laughs> principal, I did, uh, I did put on the stripes and, and blow the whistle. Um, and you're spot on um, that, that the, A, the pool of officials is much, mm. much, much more shallow. Um, but I, I think as you look at who, and, and Ryan, you can probably say this, the guys that are doing those state championship regional finals are the Dan DeShays, Jeff Bensons. Mertzel. Uh, mm-hmm. uh These guys are 60, 65 years old. And I'm not saying that's old in our you know times now, but... You know, we got to start prepping that next right. generation of, of good officials. At some point, they want to go out and enjoy their lives during the summer is what we're saying. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. They don't want to be umping every game, I'm thinking. Right. And and then you look at, you know, you mentioned Friday night football. To, to put together a crew of, uh, you know, it used to be five guys. And now as you start thinking about the spread offense, now you, you do you want to have that back judge to pick up some of those downfield penalties? Now, so now you're taking another guy off another crew, and you already only have 40 guys. Well, do you want the 37th, 38th, and 39th guy doing your game? you got to start somewhere, right? Uh, so it, it's certainly a challenge. I know the MPAs worked hard at it. Uh, as a member of this local soccer board, uh, they're going to try to do some adult ed classes of some people, you know, get, get an adult ed credit and come in and, and at least learn the rules. And it, it is a... 
it is a good way to, to pick up a part-time job and, and make some extra cash, for sure. I told Manny, my son was an ice hockey official all the way through high school. He played played high school hockey, too, but he got his patch way back, and he did yeah. games. He used to go to Hebron on Sunday and do five games. Yeah. At 15 bucks a piece back then. That was just spending money for the next few days, you know, whatever. So. And even on the, on the flip side, you... You know, then you start looking at our youth sports. You look at those middle school uh, games where you've got one umpire or one mm-hmm. soccer official, uh, and, and and that really that really puts those kids in a tough spot, puts coaches in a tough spot, and that sometimes leads to those. Uh, there are some parents out there that don't dis- that disagree with officials occasionally. Every now and then, yeah. And, and they, Can't imagine that. That becomes explosive. Sure. Um, so it certainly is a problem, but it I don't think it's unique to the state of Maine. Uh, three years ago, when when I was on the nat- some of the national committees, it was a problem in Arizona and Washington State and Missouri. So it it's a nationwide uh, dilemma for sure. Man, you mentioned Dan DeShays, and all I could think back to was my my gym classes at Durango High <laughs> back in the day. Well, but, and he's a, he's another Yankee fan too. Yeah, and he's another oh, Yankee fan. Yeah, I mean, is that like the rule? Like to be like so you got the job being a Red Sox fan yes. as an athletic director. Yeah. Like there's a lot of um I know the one down in Kennebunk is uh, is a big Yankees fan. Um I know Benson was a big Yankees fan. There's a couple more. There's yeah. a, there's a couple more athletic directors out there. I think there Marty were... Ryan down at, at Wells was a big yep. Yankee fan yep. as well. Good thing he's retired now, so. I believe the gentleman at Morse too is is now, I think. I want to say I've seen Stepping that. Stepping out of it just long enough, I don't remember the names. <laughs> right, yeah, that's good. That's not well. You know, I should probably. I, they're all new guys now. Yeah, right, that's right. All, yeah, you didn't. No, that's a good point. When I asked you a few with the AD at Mount Era when I was a Skowigan, you know when I was a Skowigan last, yeah. 1982. So I'm pretty sure you weren't. Are we born? Uh, in, yeah. 82. I was four. I was in sixth grade, I think. Yeah, Dave. I was four. <laughs> I was one. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. You asked. We wanted to tell you. You set yourself up for it. You set yourself up for it. We're like, okay, well, we'll give you the hex. Well, Todd, we'll let you get out of here. Awesome. Thank you very Thank much. You. And, Thank you very uh, much. Of course, uh, folks we can... We hope to be back. Really. Yeah. We'll yeah, we, we, like see you anytime. And I'd love to come back, guys, as uh, now that the, the, the hard work, uh, the easy work, I say, the site selection has been done, uh, as we start getting into what that actual athletic complex in Auburn, as we start to rally troops, troops and, and get people in the community behind our project i'd love to come on and keep you guys updated sure. about, about please that. yes we that's had, a we had uh, uh jason fuller on a couple times maybe three times to yeah talk exactly those kind of things uh, that'd be great all right well, thank Tom, you very much for having me thank you very much thanks for being in we'll have more on the way be listening to the spectrum health partner studios across the bear radio network